Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Really quick, before you enjoy today's episode, I just need to let you know that the month of April brings me to Pittsburgh on Wednesday, April 24th at the Rex Theater and Thursday in Philadelphia at the Union Transfer. All new material, selling and signing books after the shows, and Los Angeles, my storytelling show, Tuesday, April 30th at 7.30 p.m. Please get tickets in advance. I do anticipate that all of these shows will sell out. JenKirkman.com, click tour before it's too late. I see the fun. I see the fun. The Diary of Jack Kirkman Podcast. I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman Podcast, episode 279. Oh, this one is called Current and Not So Current Events. You know, I had a whole thing planned out, inspired by a listener email who wants to move to New York. I was going to give advice and then talk about some crazy stuff when I first moved there and this insane job I had going around the country in the first days of video on the internet and losing that job. I had the whole episode so planned out, you would be like, who is this person with the planning? Because we are going to go through some changes here with I Seem Fun and I am going to be a little more structured, and I can't do it this week. I can't do it. It'll be next week's episode because it's just been such a week of current events that we have to talk about it, and the current events I'm talking about are Keanu Reeves consoling passengers on a plane and Robert Smith's interview, Robert Smith of The Cure, getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that's what we're talking about today, and you know, I'll I'll go into some more stories as it... As we get into, you know, I have some theory on celebrity and what would have happened if Keanu Reeves was just a normal person on that flight and what the Robert Smith interview made me realize about my flaws when I do interviews and how I people please and I match energy and I want to try to stop doing that. And I got caught in a lie in Portland this weekend. 
I tried to lie to someone about what I do for a living. They found out. Ha, people. So let's get into it. I don't know which one I want to talk about first. I'll talk about the Keanu Reeves one. So here's the story. Do I have the story pulled up? Of course I don't. Of course I don't. Um, But basically the story is, well, first of all, the way it was presented was this flight malfunctioned and made an emergency crash landing. And then Keanu Reeves helped a bunch of people. And then you read the article and (laughs) there was no crash landing. The flight was diverted because of mechanical problems. But I believe they, in other words, they uh, caught the problem well before it got to that point. Now, of course, I would not be thrilled to be on that flight finding out later. But, you know, I don't know if the people on the flight knew why it was being diverted. If I were the pilot, I would just lie. And I would say, there's an issue at the Burbank airport. We can't land there. But we are going to be landing here in Bakersfield. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience. And then once you land, say, "Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was a bit of a white lie. There was a mechanical error, but I didn't want everyone to get all hysterical as I was landing the plane. So that's the truth. Okay, thanks for flying. Have a great day. But, um, God, I sounded just like a pilot, didn't I? Anyways, so this is what happened. And this is my proof. Do you remember that essay I read weeks ago that I said, let Generation X are good people to have around in an emergency. And again, am I generalizing? Yep. Are all Gen X like that? Nope. It's just fun. It's just fun for me to have a little theory and to uh, think it's been proven true sometimes. Let the old lady have her fun. Okay? Okay. So here's what happened. Keanu leaves. Keanu leaves would be an amazing name. My favorite season is fall. I'm Keanu leaves. Um, Keanu Reeves flight. And you know, I was never the biggest fan of him. I love Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Um, I don't believe I had a crush on him in that. Although I would have technically leaned more towards him than, I don't know who's Bill and who's Ted. The blonde guy, not, not really for me. Um, but yeah, I don't ever think I had that kind of thing for, for Keanu Reeves. I just, I find him more and more delightful as I get older. And no, I haven't seen the John Wick movies, but I don't like anything action or killing or shooting. And I know you go, no, but it's not about that. It's actually a metaphor for life. And I know, I got it. Nothing's ever about what it literally is, but it's not my thing. Although I'll probably make an exception and watch it and check it out. I will. How's that? How's that? But, uh, He's always been an interesting guy. He's one of those guys where I go, are you a good actor or are you not? 
At the very least, I recognize that he's completely iconic, whether he's a good actor or not. And this movie that him and Winona Ryder were recently in as adults, Destination Wedding, the writing was impeccable. It was wonderful. It was like old-fashioned romantic comedy tete-a-tete. It's two very dysfunctional people who don't want to fall in love, but I think they uh, uh, might be. And that's me trying not to spoil the movie. And um, I liked it, but I was like, is the, the acting for both of them was so stylized that, you know, sometimes you're like, is this good or bad? I actually don't care. I'm enjoying watching it. But it would be interesting to note, like if we could get a referee to make a call here, like, is this good or bad? Then we can just get back to watching it. That's how I always feel when he's acting. And uh as a sometimes actor myself, if anyone ever thought that about me, I'd be happy with that too. Does that make sense? So let's see. Okay. Sorry to yawn. I'm not bored. I'm just relaxed. All right. So here's what happens. And the reason we know about this is through the magic of a couple guys on the flight were making this their Instagram story. So... Over the weekend, a United flight it was traveling from San Francisco to Burbank. I mean, that is a, a flight I've taken a billion times. And it I was on a flight from Portland, Oregon to Burbank while I was reading this. And I'm not going to lie, it made my stomach jump and it made my palms sweat. And then I thought, well, if it happens on this flight, maybe I can be the Keanu Reeves of this flight not as famous or beloved. I would somewhat argue not at all. But uh, anyway, so while it landed safely and there were no injuries, there was confusion as logistics were worked out. Video showed the actor, a seasoned traveler for work, stepping up to help with travel arrangements and then taking a van with the other passengers to their final destination, Los Angeles, because it was quicker to drive than to fly. Well, technically, no, it's not, but I'm, I'm sure it was quicker than waiting for another plane, which, okay. Uh, so this guy, I'm sorry I'm yawning. This is, <clears throat> this guy, Amir Blum, wrote on his Instagram, that time when your flight almost crashes and you have to emergency land in a remote airport, but at least Keanu Reeves is having as bad a day as you are. So he got a photo with Keanu. I mean, near-death experience followed by fans annoying you for pictures doesn't get much worse. That's what he wrote. So, um, but he wrote on his tweet, that time when your flight almost crashes and you have to emergency land in a remote airport. Bakersfield isn't that remote. And it didn't almost crash. But okay, I know what you're saying. Um, He wrote that a pleasant Keanu Reeves chatted with the flight crew. They all boarded the plane. Seatbelts were fastened and passengers nodded off only to be awoken. So he was like Instagramming this the whole time because of the Keanu Reeves celebrity factor, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, Only to be awoken as the plane was diverted to Meadows Field Airport, which is two hours north of Los Angeles. Keanu was cool, though, as next steps were figured out, even when they announced that passengers would be taking a bus. So 
the second video, if you go to this guy's Instagram, which I'm sure it's gone by now, has highlights from the ride to LA, which was they were in a van. The details were mundane, but in the most interesting of ways. Along the ride, Keanu dryly read fun facts about Bakersfield to his fellow passengers. The population is around 380,000. Then he put on some Bakersfield sounds, country music developed in the 50s in and around the city via YouTube. Uh, Okay, so here's what he did. And I think you're going to be able to hear it. Okay, so here's him in the van reading fun facts. Hopefully you can hear it. This population is around 380,000. Making it the ninth most populous city in California and the 52nd most populous city in the nation. So, okay, so that's what he did. Hold, please. So then he starts playing music that is from the Bakersfield area on his iPhone. So this is what it sounds like. I know it's going to sound terrible. Okay. So, um, and I'm still reading from this article on Yahoo News. Uh, Reeves declined to get food at the airport Blimpies, which airport personnel opened for the passengers because the airport was otherwise closed. However, on the ride back, he did score a Gatorade, a water, and a banana, which he reported to his travel pals. When the first passenger was dropped off, Reeves politely extended his hand and said, pleasure to meet you. The second, uh, the last shot of the video was Reeves walking into a Carl's Jr. after the very long day. Uh, SkyWest Flight 5223, operating as United Express from San Francisco to Burbank, diverted to Bakersfield due to a mechanical indication. The flight landed safely without incident in Bakersfield. Passengers deplaned normally at the gate and were then transported via ground transportation to Burbank. Um, Reeves reps have not commented on the story. Okay. So what I don't get is, so there's a video of Keanu Reeves talking to the airport employees after they landed. He was very kind and he, you, they, you see him standing in a group of people as they're asking this one baggage claim or TSA agent type person questions and he's raising his hand. So basically, I don't really understand what was going on, but he said something about, so we can get our bags now or we can do what with our bags? I don't know. I, I don't understand why there'd be a problem with the bags, um, but what else? And maybe there was some issue where they couldn't, if the airport was closed, they couldn't start up the little thing that you throw the bags down, but usually on those kind of flights anyway, they just take them out of the bottom. I I don't know. Who who knows? But then they all got in this van. And I guess that is kind of cool. I mean, he's a famous guy, right? He could probably have an assistant, get him a real fancy car service at the ready. And he could have just taken that by himself all the way back. Uh, To be honest, I don't know why he didn't. I mean, was he truly interested in being in a van with all of these people? Did it not dawn on him to go, you know, get a private car? 
Or was he thinking, this will make a good story for these people and I can be of service? And I don't mean that like in a shitty way. Like if he did do it for the story, just to like give people a thrill, I think it's great because I wasn't even there and I'm getting a thrill. So, you know, I think it's all good in the hood as people know people like to say. So, but what was interesting to me is if he wasn't a celebrity, if you just saw like a 55-year-old dude in a baseball hat with like a crazer's beard who was like kind of taking charge at the airport, like, listen, I travel a lot. Let me ask these people questions. And, um, you know, then basically was like, Sorry, I just got an email. Why am I just getting this now? Um, oh, I'm going to have to open a gallery? No, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Um, so imagine that. He's not a celebrity. He's just kind of taking charge. You'd be like, all right, but this guy's kind of weird. Then imagine that you're in the van and like, you know, I can see that people might have been pretty rattled because it is scary to think, oh my God, our plane had a mechanical problem, even though we weren't braced for impact and everything was fine. It was just diverted. You know, it's scary. Gives you pause. And you might want to be in your own head or sitting and texting your loved ones or take a nap. And if there was a guy, I mean, this was a smaller van. This wasn't like a giant bus. If you're a guy, um, if you just see this guy going, I'm just, I'm just a man, not a famous one, starts reading facts about Bakersfield out loud, you'd be like, all right. You know, it'd be kind of annoying. Now imagine it's a stranger and they're not attractive. You'd be like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it is interesting what celebrity buys you. I mean, we already know that it can buy you a chance at the presidency. And that's another story I'm obsessed with is this comedian. He, he's on a TV show in Ukraine where he plays the president. It's like a comedy. He just pulled like 30% higher than the current president of the Ukraine and he's running for president and he could potentially win. And he has no experience and he's literally a comedian. It's, I mean, there was a Robin Williams movie about this. I don't know if anyone remembers. It's not good and it's good in those Robin Williams movies ways. You know, like some of the cheesier ones he did? It's like one of those if you're in that kind of mood. I forget the name. But it's like Robin Williams is playing a Jon Stewart kind of guy, tells it like it is political, late night host, and he becomes president. I forget what happens. Okay, good story. So anyway, I'm fascinated with this. And I was reading a little bit about it. And people were saying, you know, he doesn't fully speak the language. He is from Russia. And that he has um, 
like that that TV show that he's on, I think it's called like Servant of the People, is really funded by Russian TV and this guy might have some KGB connections and he might be like put there by Putin because they want, you know, it's like that kind of thing. So it'd be like sort of, I have some comedian friends who unfortunately I don't speak with anymore who just sort of faded out of my life, but then I found out they were such crazy Bernie fans that they hate me and were tweeting. I mean, I had muted them, so I didn't see it, but they were tweeting about me and calling me mentally ill on Twitter because I don't support Bernie. And a good friend of mine, my friend Morgan, had to um, contact them because she's friends with them too and say, why are you doing this to Jen? And they were like, well, we're really worried about her mental health because she doesn't like Bernie. And she was like, you know, that's disingenuous. If you're really worried about your old friend, why don't you call her? And like, what's to worry about that? I don't support Bernie again in 2019. And, uh, so they're trying to rile people up. They they have a big audience and they, um, you know, they're like completely radicalized. Like I think these guys voted for Jill Stein. I mean, so it'd be like if one of them became president and they just did all their like whatever they want to do, um, horseshoe bullshit. So anyway, back to what I was saying. So celebrity does afford you a lot of things where... People just sort of let themselves be guided by you, you know, be guided by the celebrity. I mean, technically there could have been a more interesting person on that van, but they never would have thought, oh, I have the right to just start entertaining these people. And then I thought, well, maybe it was a move on his part to protect himself. Like if he completely controls the environment, then he doesn't have to deal with Someone sitting next to him and going, you know, conducting their own personal interview. Are you dating? What was it like when you were on that bus? What about Bill and Ted's three? Are you so excited? Can you give me, you know, I, I have a feeling, although I also think there's a world where people would be totally respectful of him and not bother him at all. Because I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you're sitting in a van and you're all excited that Keanu Reeves is there, you're not going to make an ass of yourself. And everyone can hear you trying to, you know, interview him or be his best friend. That's right. I'm starting my bathtub. Um, anyway, I was just fascinated with this. And I would love to know what he was thinking when he did this. And what he got out of it. Because it is a curious behavior. That's a lot of entertaining to do. Two hours in a car. And I'm sure it wasn't nonstop. But... Did other people talk? Did people share stories? I mean, I honestly feel I didn't get enough details from this guy who made his Instagram story. I would love to know more about it. But it made me realize, here, here we go, a Gen X person. I always say, let Gen X guide you through the end of the world. He took charge on that plane or after he took charge at the baggage claim. <laughs> And I don't even know what they mean, took charge. I don't know. Again, I don't have all the details. Was he consoling people? Was he helping with bags? Was he asking the necessary questions? Was it all of the above? I don't know. But I'm very, very fascinated. But it, it really, you know, a bunch of people, it was one of those days on Twitter where 
there was just a lot of positivity about these two stories. The, the next one I'm going to talk about is the Robert Smith story where it was, it was fun to watch people just being really appreciative. And everyone was saying, Keanu Reeves is really cool. He doesn't act like a celebrity, whatever that means. He's really down to earth, blah, 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 blah. And so I believe that it's real. I mean, I know celebrities, not to brag, and a lot of them, their shtick is that they're down to earth and they're really not. And it's really hard to be one and be down to earth when you have all of your needs catered to. And so, you know, if he really is down to earth, then I guess I believe it if enough people have said it. Um, but, you know, I'm always, I'm always holding my arm out at a distance going, it's just so hard to believe sometimes that everything I'm being sold is true. But, you know, I mean, listen, I don't know anything about him. Um, but yeah, when you're traveling, I guess, you know, tensions can run high, if that makes sense. And he probably knew that he could be of service truly by just being fun. Ooh. You know what else is fun? Traveling. Packing your bags and traveling. When I traveled this weekend, I had my favorite luggage, away, away luggage. I want you to go to awaytravel.com slash fun, and I want you to use promo code fun at checkout. You're going to get $20 off of a suitcase. That's right. I highly recommend you get yourself a matching three-piece set. I have every size in sand. They're going to automatically give you a $100 discount for getting a three-piece set for a carry-on, a medium, and a large suitcase. And the carry-ons have batteries. You can plug two USB ports into the battery on your luggage, and it stays charged for a long, long time. The approach is simple. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. It was invented by two people who are on the road, delayed in New York at JFK with dead phones and a bright idea, luggage with power. Thus, the Away Carry-On was born. All suitcases are made with premium ger German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. This is true. I check my bags. They get thrown around a lot. It's amazing. 360-degree spinner wheels. Both sizes of the carry-on fit on planes. They are able to charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, anything else by a USB cord that gets its power. Lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace for life. And that is true. I went into one of their stores once, and I just thought, just they can repair this thing really quick. They're like, oh, just take a whole new suitcase. It was amazing. 100-day trial. Live with it. Vibe with it. Travel with it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return for a full refund. Free shipping in the lower 48. And again, visit the retail store in New York or Los Angeles. Now, awaytravel.com slash fun for 20 bucks off a suitcase. Use promo code fun. And we've got a listener who uses Away. Jen, it's Ben. I've been listening to your podcast for years and I've gotten the Away luggage. OMG, is that the best suitcase ever? I'm finally going to get a chance to use it when I go on a trip to LA. My partner took it to Michigan, and they said it was awesome. So we came up with this term, luggagery. So it kind of sounds like luxury. 
I was thinking you could use that term the next time they sponsor you. That would be so funny, but it's true. That suitcase was a lifesaver for my partner, and it looks and feels like luxury. Well, thank you, Ben. I don't know if Away is going to approve of it, but I like it. Luggagery. So go to Away.com. No, awaytravel.com slash fun, promo code fun. All righty. All righty, my friends. So that made me kind of happy. I don't think I, I'm that kind of, no, again, I'm not a celebrity. But I know people that, oh, it must be fun if you're a comedian. If a com- Imagine getting stuck on a plane with a comedian. They'd be blah, blah, blah. I don't think I would do that. I might. It depends on my mood, you know? Like sometimes I, I, I kind of like when I get in certain environments and I think this is the ballet dancer in me or the ba- it's not a ballet dancer thing. It's a ballet class taking thing is like when I'm in a room full of people, unless it's a show that I'm doing where I'm the only one supposed to be talking, I sort of stand back and be part of the group and I'm a good soldier and I do what I'm told and I move, I go where I'm supposed to. And so that's why I'm a great asset in a writer's room. I don't bother anyone you know I, I participate but I don't you know what I mean but every once in a while at any job I've had at five o'clock I'll just start playing that song I don't want to work I want to bang on the drum all day like just to be annoying I'll start if we're like in a room together and we're like having trouble coming up with something and everyone's just tired I'll just start blaring that and people are like okay I mean usually they laugh but you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You got to know when to be a clown and when to be down. So you know, I honestly can't say that I would have done what he did. I really feel like I might have just been like, no, fuck this. I'll get a car. And I'm not even a famous rich celebrity. Oh, I don't know. Maybe when you are that famous and that rich, like it's fun to be down to earth sometimes because you know. Like for me, I like to be fancy sometimes because my whole life is down to earth. You know what I mean? I'm doing my own grocery shopping, get my own mail. Sometimes when I travel, I like to be exclusive. I like to be fancy. It's a break from the average. But if your life is fancy and rich and movies and this, Maybe you want to ride a van with some people from Bakersfield to Burbank. Maybe that is something different for you. So I forgot that, well, first of all, I forgot that The Cure really used to be my favorite band. And I don't even know how to pick favorites about anything anymore when people say, what's your favorite this or what's your favorite that? I don't know. It just depends on the day. It depends on my mood. But I have a solid 10 favorite things probably in every category. It would kill me if I had to sit and list them. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't like to write anything down and make it definitive. This is my top favorite blah, blah. It it just depends on the mood. But The Cure is truly... I mean, whether they're my favorite band today or not, one of the biggest things in my life. You know? So I was delighted when I remembered, or thank you, Twitter, that The Cure got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last weekend. Not that anyone cares. I know we're all very cool. We don't care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And 
so many awesome people never got in it. And it's like really the worst museum I've ever been to. I wouldn't even call it a museum. But I went there and I was like, this blows. <clears throat> it seriously feels like this is the best stuff they could get. I don't know. It just sucked. I didn't think it was that great. Um, and it took about 45 minutes to see. I mean, it's really, they act like you got to make a day of it. It takes five seconds. But um, I knew they were inducted or going to be months ago. But then they really had their moment this weekend on Twitter because of what happened with, um, I was going to say Donald Smith. I can't even fucking think of Robert Smith without Donald Trump getting in my fucking head for two seconds. I can't stand it. That's a shout out to the movie Singing in the Rain. And I can't stand him. Very funny scene. You'll have to see it. Anyway. And I can't stand him. Seriously, I've been in this like, you know, besides my normal like depression and anxiety, just like a low grade depression this week. And I'm like, ah, it might just be how many times that clown's been in my head. It just feels like, I don't know. I just, something is weighing me down. I swear to God, it's him. I swear to God, it's him. Thank gosh. Thank gosh and thank God that I have therapy. You guys, if you're not in therapy, will you, will you go already? You're driving your friends crazy. I'm serious. I know you say you don't have the money, but are you spending money on other things? Are you drinking? Are you, are you shopaholicking? Are you really just choosing not to spend your money on therapy? Can you really not afford it? Because I might have a solution for you, and it is my favorite sponsor, Talkspace. T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E dot com, Talkspace.com. Go there right now. Use offer code Jen, and you're going to get $45 off of your first month. Talkspace is online therapy that takes uh, making, oh God, it makes taking care of your mental health affordable and more convenient than ever before. You give your preferences for therapy and they're going to match you with one of their 3,000 plus therapists the very same day. And if you don't like your therapist, you can always change it. You send your therapist unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages anywhere, anytime. You are going to hear back from them daily, five days a week. Guys, that is not how all therapy works. If you go to a therapist once a week and you pay a few hundred bucks out of your pocket or you have a copay, that's it. You see them that hour, goodbye. There's no talking outside of that. So I think Talkspace is incredible. There are over 1 million people who have used it and feel happier because of it. And most people say that it is a fraction of the cost of therapy. Basically, a month of Talkspace is about the same as one single face-to-face session. And again, you're getting access to your therapist five days a week. And the Talkspace has a unique matching process. It takes your preferences into account so that you're going to get someone whose style and expertise matches your needs. And again, switch therapists anytime. You don't have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind. You can send unlimited messages from the privacy of your device anytime. And you can always do a live video session for extra support. Again, Talkspace.com. And then use Jen at checkout for $45 off. And again, we've got Talkspace for teens as well. One in five children deals with a mental health issue in their lives. Talkspace is now offering counseling to teens ages 13 and up. Same thing. They can message a licensed counselor from their phone or computer anywhere, anytime. 
That means you don't have to drive them anywhere. There's no scheduling hassles. You can help take care of your child's well-being with the help of a professional in an easy and affordable way. Talkspace.com. Use Jen at checkout. $45 off. Amazing. And speaking of getting some extra support, my other new favorite sponsor, Third Love. They're not just, oh, they're not just bras and underwear. But it is sort of what they specialize in. But I would highly recommend that you check them out. Now, I will tell you that one of my favorite things that I have from Third Love is one of their um, very soft cotton bathrobes. For the longest time, I would do those big terry cloth bathrobes. And they, they seem like they'd be cozy because they're all big and all encompassing. But I really realized I don't like them at the end of the day because, you know, let's say you're eating some food. The sleeves are so big. They get in things. They really don't stay tied that well. I just really, I'm not a terry cloth robe person. And, you know, it was, uh, it was eye-opening for me to find out. So what I love about Third Love's uh, bathrobe is it, it just feels so good on my skin it feels like I've got nothing on, but I have something on and I can answer the door and I'm, and I'm decent because, you know, I like to put on the bathrobe and order some Postmates, but I'm not going to do that, you know, if the bathrobe isn't uh, covering me up. I know they weren't like, Jen, can you just talk about answering the door in your bathtub, in your bathrobe? I think, I think that'd be really helpful in my bathtub. It's because the bath is waiting for me. Well, it's still filling up. Anyway, anyway. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering my listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra. That's thirdlove.com slash fun for 15% off today. And I have these bras as well. It is life-changing because they have over 70 sizes and they have half cups. I have always thought, why are you a 32C or a 34C? There's something in between. They use millions of women's real measurements and Third Love designs its bras with breast size and breast shape in mind for an impeccable and incredible feel. You might be like listening, you might be a guy going, isn't that how all bras work? No, isn't it crazy? We've gone this many years and they've never thought about taking into consideration the unique shape that breasts come in. Every boob is different. Sometimes your own boobs are different from each other. There's quality in every stitch. The details make the difference. They have premium fabrics, expert design. It is very convenient. Skip a trip somewhere. Skip a trip to somewhere going, let me touch your boobs. I mean, it can be annoying to go to those like bra sizing people. They're I find them very overwhelming. But you can find your fit in 60 seconds with Third Love's online fit finder. And you order, you try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences with women who want to talk about your boobs with you. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes these people, I'm telling you, they can be very annoying. So it's actually fun. I got to admit the quiz is it takes less than a minute to complete. They will help you identify your breast size and shape if you really like, you know what? I never knew these things. The cups go from A through H. The bands go up to 48. Hands down, most comfortable bra you'll own. 
They have tagless labels, so no itching. The straps don't slip. It's ultra soft, smoothing fabrics. They're lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. 100% fit guarantee. If you don't love it, returns and exchanges are free and easy. They've also launched the cotton t-shirt bras and cotton underwear. It took them two years to develop it, and it is the perfect cotton collection made with a premium cotton called Pima. So thirdlove.com slash fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra. Again, check out their underwear, check out their bathrobes. You will get 15% off your first purchase. Thirdlove.com slash fun today. All right. So I'll try to make this relatable. You don't have to like the cure to understand what I'm saying. But do you ever feel whatever thing you love, whether it's a band or, you know, a TV show where it's misunderstood and you're like, no, 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 not, I, I would assume that my Star Wars, my Star Trek, my people in that area, that's an area that I don't understand, but being a person who has areas that aren't understood, I understand that I don't understand your area and I can't walk around going, it's just a bunch of blank, you know? I don't know what your number one thing would be that people think, to anyone, if you want to write me, I seem fun at gmail.com, but that people don't get. And don't you hate when you have your thing that you love? Let's say your knitting club or something. And you hear from people that have never picked up the things. Needles? Whatever you used to knit. Not needles. It can't be needles. It's called something else. Whatever. I'll figure it out. You don't have to email me that people tell you about your, you're like, you don't even do this thing. Why are you telling me what needlepoint people are like? Oh, that's like this. Have you ever done it? No. Well, I could tell you what it's like. Nope. I just rather shout cliches. Oh, okay. Well, enjoy your life. You're not ever going to be someone that people want to ride a van with from Bakersfield to Burbank. So what people always don't understand is that English about the cure. They are not goth. Robert Smith wears black eyeliner and big hair because he's shy and insecure and he wanted to have a look. <clears throat> you know, they're just dudes from working class town in, in, in England. It's the 70s. They've seen Bowie. They've probably seen Kiss. They've seen the dudes with the makeup on. And they're like, we're going to be a rock band. Now, the other guys just look normal as pie. Not that there's a, such a thing as normal. But wouldn't that be something like a live, laugh, love lady would have on her desk? If that's norm, if normal, who's normal around here? If being, if that's normal, I don't want to be normal. Something like that. If cra- crazy is the normal around this place, I don't have abs, but I am abnormal. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. So he wears the makeup. I think it's an amalgamation, a combination of many different things, but it's mainly, he has always said, he's just insecure. I think it's like a little mask he can hide behind, but you can't really sing with a mask on. Can you? Do you ever think about these plastic masks we used to wear kids from the 80s on Halloween and how 
You really couldn't breathe. You were just breathing in your own recycled air for two hours or however long. Your face was just sweating. At the end of the night, you just gaunt cheekbones because you just had your face in a sweat sauna for two hours and you're like all dizzy. Imagine singing through that. So sometimes it's just easier to wear some... That's And as you get older, you realize, I'm just going to be a pirate. I'm just going to smear charcoal on my eyes and, and put one of my mom's clip-on earrings on my ear so that I can... I think I've shortened my lifespan by at least 10 hours from breathing in those masks all these years. I'm going to take a break this year. So he's just putting on makeup for that. Their music is depressing if you're basic, but their music is beautiful. And some of their songs are depressing and they have these very overdramatic lyrics like, I think it's raining again, you know, like, I think I'm old and I'm feeling pain again. And the wind is blowing like it's the end of the world again. And it's so cold. It's like the gold if you were dead. Then she smiled for a second. It's so dramatic. But I think they know it's dramatic. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want music to just be like as boring as opening a file cabinet? We're having drama, people. Drama excitement. It doesn't mean you walk around like that all day. No, of course I did as a teenager, but it was beautiful music. But then they also have fun songs like Let's Go to Bed and Love Cats. And he even said in an interview, there's a really fun song in between days that sounds like a pop song. But in it, he's saying, yesterday I got so old, I felt like I could die. And he's saying in this interview I heard, sorry, that that's what he likes to do is fun, poppy music with dark lyrics. Again, Robert Smith actually is not Gen X, but it appeals to the Gen X person. We take a little happy. We take a little scary. We put it together. So I hate when people call them goth because it's just not statistically correct. Like they started in the 70s and early 80s. Goth wasn't quite a thing then. What they really are technically is a little bit new wave, which I don't normally like, and they're post-punk. But Robert Smith's biggest influences are Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix, and you can hear it in his guitar. And what I love about The Cure is that I know every band has their own sound, but I swear to God they make no- they make like noises with their guitar that I've never heard anywhere else, and they have licks in their guitar riffs that can like break your heart. So... I'll give you an example. This is their song, Plain Song. Their album, Disintegration, is actually not even that gothy, but, um, oh, this isn't it. But um, I would say, like, their earlier albums, like, songs like A Forest and stuff like that were probably kind of gothy sounding, but this is Plain Song. The first song on Disintegration came out in 1989. I was in high school. Thank you. that gorgeous everything just sounds so beautiful together like that's a rock band you know what I mean they're making gorgeous music so they're inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so now they're trending on Twitter which is a Gen X gal's dream she wakes up Keanu and Robert Smith you can't believe what a day it's gonna be and I was cranky bedanky that day because it was a travel day I'd just done five shows that weekend I'm always in the shittiest mood the Sunday after shows 
Oh, listen to this. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. So I get on the Twitters and I see that Robert Smith, <laughs> the reason he's trending is because of how he handled this woman interviewing him on the red carpet. So I'll get into, this is where the controversy begins. Listen to this guitar. It gets me in the heart. It feels like someone pulling on my heart. And I saw that live. Oh my God. The first concert I ever saw, my sister's gonna go, I took you. That's right, my sister took me. I was 14, she was 24. I was, now my older sister, we didn't really have anything in common. And when I was 14 and she was 24, I mean, who wants to deal with a 14 year old ever, you know? And, oh. And I don't know how we found this out, but we found out that the other one was really big fans of The Cure, probably because um, that album had come out that year. And, you know, like, I guess we just never talked about it prior. But I was like, wait, you were obsessed with The Cure too? Like, oh, I didn't know that. I think I'm getting it right. And she was like, I'm going to the concert. And so we went. Great Woods, Boston. Same place I saw Lollapalooza, which I've talked about. Again, it's now called like the Banking Bank Center. Um, but I remember standing there, thousands of people. I'd never seen a concert before. So I didn't even know you could like do all that with music and lights. And it was so atmospheric. Just the smoke everywhere and that gorgeous guitar heartbreak sound. And just so beautiful. Um. And this boy I had a crush on named Adam was sitting the row in front of me. What are the odds? Do you understand how weird that is? And he had kind of Robert Smith hair. And I'd always be like, put on the fucking island. Or like to myself, just screaming at him through my brain in high school. Like, put on the, put on eyeliner. I bet it would look amazing. He ended up moving to California sophomore year and all the girls were devastated but um and I think I wrote something about him on Instagram once you know about the past and he liked it and wrote like haha and I was like oh my god he follows me on Instagram that's embarrassing and his last name was Kirkland and mine is Kirkman and so we sat next to each other in homeroom and I was basically living for graduation. Like, that's when I'll work up the courage to hug him. Even though we were like friends in the same group that hung out on weekends. <laughs> Something was wrong with me. But he didn't like me. I handed him a note once to a friend of mine. And he was like, nah, he didn't really like any of us. But I was too loud for him, I think. So that was, and that's okay. Because by my senior year, um, I had awesome boyfriends who didn't care that I was loud. So, you know, gals, you just have to, I, I was like, oh yeah, I don't like these like quiet brooding types after all. Really doesn't interest me. Um, so here's what happened on the red carpet. This girl, now I'm not saying she's doing anything wrong. And everyone on Twitter was like, don't be mean to that girl. She's just doing her job. And it's like, I really hate 
when people don't understand what's funny about a situation. Robert Smith has famously been for the 40 years of his rock stardom, terribly shy in interviews, but always very witty. You know, like Morrissey without the kind of gay foppish bravado, but more of this dry under his breath, British humor. And when people don't get British stuff, I'm like, why are you embarrassing yourself in front of everyone? You don't get British by now? Oh, honey. Would you like the American office better? Okay. Bye-bye. You know, like, I can't deal with people who don't get subtle British stuff. It really is a snobbery I don't mind having. So this is what happened. And then you can, we can discuss further. So what was trending was this. It said, Robert Smith's blunt response to an excited interviewer is attracting a lot of attention. So she is just hopping up and down. Are you excited? Are you excited? Are you excited? You're getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Everyone says she's doing her job by doing that. But I do interviews all the time. And I will tell you that it is not a conversation starter to ask someone if they're excited. What are they? Yes. Okay. Interview over. That's not a conversation starter. It's actually not a good example of someone doing their job. It's someone doing the least amount of work. You know what I'm saying? It's the equivalent of the person in the office who rolls in 10 minutes late, then spends 15 minutes in the kitchen doing their coffee while you're preparing all the memos for the meeting. And they just roll in like, hey, what's up? That's to go, are you excited? It's like, read the room. It's Robert Smith, you dolt. He is never excited. And if he is, the way he shows it is not the same way you show it, which is, oh my God, are you excited? That's not his energy. And, and it's, it's one of those things, like if you had a parent who, if you cried because you fell, they start crying harder. <laughs> like she's not letting him have his emotional moment, whatever it's going to be. Her energy is overtaking the entire thing, right? And it's annoying. And it's just like, okay, so, and it was very funny what he said. And it sounds ruder than it is. He's like smiling when he says it. And then there's a 10-minute interview and it's totally delightful. And he's making jokes, not at her expense. And he's being self-deprecating and it's just gorgeous. So here's what happened. And anyone so a bunch of people on my Twitter were like, I don't know. I think she's doing her job. I didn't like this. I'm like, that's because you're insecure. No pun intended. You're insecure that maybe you've done something as stupid and you've annoyed people. And for some reason, it's coming out in your Twitter comment. Now, have I been this woman where I've annoyed people with my enthusiasm? Yes. Have I also been Robert Smith where I'm like, oh God, would you stop jumping up and down next to me? Yes. I'm not taking this personally, but I take it personally when people don't get it. And then everyone's like, that's the perfect goth response. I'm like, they're not goth. It's literally not the category they're in. They're pop, post-punk, new wave. They're their own thing. That's why they're the best. Hang on. Okay, here it goes. Sorry. It's so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> it's the best. Let's hear that one more time. It's so nice to meet you. Hi. 
Congratulations, the Kira Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. Ugh, I hate when people don't get it. Anyway. This was another one of their great songs that I loved. <laughs> Same album. I mean, it's really funny when you think about what other teenagers were doing. They're like, they're like at parties and I'm in my room like, Swim in the same deep water as you, it's hard. The shallow drown have less than we do, do. I don't even know what he's saying. But it's funny because I thought he was appealing. You know, I was a normal teenage girl. I thought that was cool. But then they had really fun songs. Like The Head on the Door. In Between Days. He said this is the perfect example of them. That's not goth. This song, this is another one that like the joy, it makes my heart feel like it's exploding. I love this part. It's so good. But then you get to the lyrics and you're like, okay, it's a little darky McGarkey. If you're basic, but if you have half a brain, you can handle this level of darkness. Hang on. Here we go. Oh, 43-minute intro. We had that kind of time back in the 90s. Right? Or 85, this came out. It made me want to cry. Are you just going to sing to the cure? Go on, go on, just walk away. I love Why Can't I Be You. Everyone loves Just Like Heaven, which is on Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Eh, fine. But Why Can't I Be You is so much better. That's such a much better love song sentiment than some weird Just Like Heaven, I don't know how to talk to you. Like, why can't I be you? I'm so into you. It's so good. It's so good. Now, this isn't goth, is it? I hate when people don't get stuff. Am I going to get arrested for all these songs? I think my neighbors are like, oh, God, there's a Gen X old lady next door. Woo! Wee! Oh, here we go. Do is everything you do. Why can I be you? Should I be in a Cure cover band? Um, and then we've got Love Cats. Is this goth? I don't think it is, bitch. In the music video, it's him playing with kittens. Do you want to know how much I lost my mind when I was growing up when I saw that? Simon Cowell. Simon Gallup is such a good bassist, or just, I don't know if he's good. I'm assuming he is. Very interesting bassist to me. Uh, some of the bass lines in their songs are more memorable to me than any of the parts of the song. 
Anyway, I loved the interview. What I liked about the interview, and by the way, that woman was perfectly holding her own. That's her personality. Personality. And uh, she was doing her thing. You know, so everybody calmed down. But he was doing his thing. And when I do interviews sometimes, I like lose myself and I'm exhausted after because I've just matched the energy of the person interviewing me. And if they're like, hey, it's Wally Walker's in here at the uh, morning show. Beep, beep, oop, oop. <laughs> toot, toot, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. and I'm doing the same thing. You get no sense of who I am. And sometimes I'm like, I don't even know who I am. And, you know, there's a way to like show... There's just a way to be cool where you show like a tad bit of disdain for the same question you get every 10 minutes and then you let them know that you're being really thoughtful about it, but it's going to take you a minute because again, you're asked this every time and then you try to think of a new way to give an answer and that's sort of what he did, but he did it very funny, charming, self-deprecating. It was a really cool interview and it's only nine minutes long. So I loved it, but I had one of those today. I was doing a, a phone interview and and I know... I always say to my publicist, if, if someone from a print, you know, like the <clears throat> Philadelphia newspaper, if they just want to email me their questions, I'll email back and it'll be, I'll, usually it's funnier when I type because my humor comes out better actually sometimes in writing um, than it does speaking, at least on the spot. I'm a better on the spot funny writer than I am on the spot funny speaker. I'm starting to learn that about myself. So but they're always like, no, sorry, we only do talking interviews. We, we really think it's better when we talk to the person. And then I do these interviews and they don't have a conversation. Like they'll go, how'd you get your start in comedy? And they're all like so impressed with themselves. Like, I know, you've probably never been asked that before. And then I'll answer and I'll say, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I got my start in comedy the same way that anybody could. I walked into an open mic. So, but that wasn't the, they'll say, how'd you get your career started in comedy? What was the first time you went on stage? And I'll say, oh, well, those are actually two different questions because I didn't have a career when I first got on stage, but it was the first time I did comedy. I said, my career actually started with a series of events later. And they'll go, uh-huh. Were you always funny as a kid? And I'm like, I just gave you like a cliffhanger. And you didn't even pick up on it as a conversationalist because you wrote down in advance, you thought this was a good question. Were you always funny as a kid? What other job do you go, did you always love numbers as a kid? Did you love divorce as a kid? Is that why you're a divorce lawyer? And stop putting everything, it's, seriously, it's like, it's like a bad therapist who's just like, can't, like not everything goes back to childhood. Yes, I watched comedy as a kid. 400 billion people watch the Carol Burnett show. We're not all going to be comedians. Sorry, I just did this interview today. And, and so I actually said to her, you know, my comedic influences, I, I don't even know what that question means. Again, this isn't jazz where I'm like, well, Charlie Parker went, so I'm going to go, beep. you know, it, there's no, you cannot be influenced by other comedians or it's going to come out. I mean, I've been told I'm just like Richard Lewis, and I actually agree with that, and yet I had never seen him until, like, I started doing stand-up, and years later was told that I remind someone of him, and then I watched his stuff, and I was like, oh my God, this is un unbelievable. But I had seen him on, like, a Boku ad in the 80s, and Boku was like an adult Capri Sun juice box. So... 
you know, I have friends that are comedians and their work ethic influences me or the way they play a certain theater. Like instead of doing a tour this way, they, you know, really nitty gritty, boring stuff that's not going to be interesting in an interview and it's not going to make sense to the interviewer. I said, I tried to give a thoughtful answer. I said, honestly, like Robert Smith interviewed me, inspired me. You know, because I, I used to devour. I wasn't sitting around teenager thinking about comedy. Never. It was always and only music and musicians and acting. Comedy was fine. I liked it. it. It didn't get me all crazy excited. But I would spend time, you know, we didn't have cable at my house, so I, t- I babysat all the time so I'd be able to watch MTV in 120 minutes and see interviews with rock stars and hear them talk. And I was like, this is so fascinating because you don't ever get to hear this. And then like bootleg VCR tapes would go around, like somehow someone would compile interviews off the TV in London of Robert Smith and they made it over here somehow and I would watch that and, you know, that's basically was YouTube back then, you know. That was how we did YouTube. And I always found him and Morrissey so funny. Nirvana, same thing. Probably got a lot of sense of humor from Kurt Cobain. Like, was so funny. And I thought they were cool. And what I thought was cool was that they weren't supposed to be funny. Because they're musicians. Like, comedians, you're supposed to be funny. What, am I going to go crazy for that? Who cares? (laughs) It was really always for me about music. And... You know, I remember, so I was listening to The Cure on the Plane, and I was getting those same DNA feelings that I had as a teenager, just excitement at how much I music. And it's funny, Robert Smith says he, they have a new album coming out, and he's like, we've got this one 10-minute song. We almost played it at the induction, but the bandmates were like, no, no, don't do that to them. And it's so funny because I used to say, oh, comedy and music are, are so different. Like, in the same way that, like, I think comedians get better with age. And a lot of times, like, bands, I'm like, oh, I start liking their stuff less and less as the band goes on. And, uh, you know, I don't know what that is. That's my perception or they're changing. But actually, I went back and watched a little bit of my first special. And I was like, oh. This might be way better than the second one. Like, there's more jokes. It's just different. I just don't like the subject matter anymore, but I'm like, this is pretty fucking good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Am I getting worse as I get older? Because I'm into, like, different things now. So I'm like, this is how I'm expressing myself as an artist. And in my shows in Portland this weekend, like, the first shows, like, we had sellout Friday and Saturday crowds, which was amazing. It's, like, almost 300 people a show. It was great. Second shows weren't sold out. And it was like a little smaller and like, honestly, audiences don't laugh at hard when there's not as many of them because they don't feel that like energy never gets big enough. And I think they also don't feel protected by all these other people. I think it's a, um, I don't mean literally protected, but like it's a mindset like you're free to let loose and laugh when you're confident that 274 other people are going to join in. If there's only 60 people there, you're less confident than you're all going to laugh at once. And then you might be weird. So you're kind of quiet. And I don't think your brain even knows you're doing it, but comedians, we know this stuff. And the second show, I was like, well, if I'm doing the same material to these people, how does this, and they're not really that into it, there's no way I'm funny. The first show, they were in the mood to laugh, and there was a lot of them. But I don't think I'm funny. You know, like you go through all these things. So 
I don't know what my point was. Who fucking knows what my point is anymore? Anyway, it was an exciting, you know, and I checked Twitter before I went to bed. Oh, Robert Smith wasn't trending anymore. But man, if, if, if new fans of The Cure happen because of this, I'll be so happy. I just don't want everything I like to go away. <laughs> I want it to still be around. Oh, God. <clears throat> I, I really want to tell you guys, uh, April, I feel like I'm not advertising enough my story show in Los Angeles. It's been fantastic. And we now oversell it because a lot of people don't end up showing up because it's a work night and they're late. So there will always be tickets at the door. I promise. But I do prefer you get them in advance and they're only 15 bucks. And I either tell or I either tell or read a new story that is hopefully going to be part of a new book if I'm able to sell the book. If not, then I just have a bunch of new stories and that's fucking great enough for me. Um, so I'll either be reading an essay or telling a story in hopes of turning that into an essay. And I have, um, a really good special guest this month. And I think we have another drop-in guest who's in town. Uh, and I said she could work out something on the show. So it's going to be a great full show. And it, again, it is, um, April 30th, Tuesday night, 7.30. Please get tickets in advance. It does only seat 60. It's the cutest little cabaret space you've ever seen. Full bar. Come have a drink after work. It's adorbs. I love it. And then I'll be in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. The Philadelphia show is selling really fast. I implore all of you to get tickets now. I'm selling and signing books after every show. It is new material. It is um, Wednesday, April 24th and Thursday, April 25th. Pittsburgh is the 24th. Philly's the 25th. I'm at the Rex Theater in Pittsburgh. I'm at the Union Transfer in Philly. Tell everyone you know. And please, if you get tickets, please tweet at me and use hashtag JKTour2019. But please, please do tweet about it. And then I'll retweet you. It really does help sell tickets. I'm not kidding. And in May, and don't forget, Omaha, Kansas City, St. Louis, Salt Lake City in May. I will be in Toronto in September. Those dates are not solidified yet. They're not on sale yet. But if you go to my website, jenkirkman.com, click tour, you can see the dates. Boston and New York City are on sale. That's September 11th and September 13th. I would get those in advance. And in August, I will be hitting Birmingham, Alabama for the first time. Athens, Georgia for the first time. I will be returning back to Nashville. And I will be returning back to Milwaukee and Minneapolis. Those will go on sale soon. Go to jenkirkman.com slash tour and you can sign up for my newsletter. And I think that's all the announcements I have. I'll probably remember what ones I have once I do this. Until next week, have fun. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.